Seven Days to Play. Welcome to Seven Days to Play, your weekly mobile game review program. I am Sam. And I'm Edwin. Each week we challenge one another to play a new mobile game. This week, my turn. I chose Hugh Colon, a color adventure. Hugh Colon, a grant story. Yep. Would have been fun. Uh, Hugh, a color adventure, is a 2020 iOS game uh, from Fiddlesticks. 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 And... Well, there were many studio logos at the beginning. Bad lands, I want to say. Mm. I kind of lost track of how many there were. But there are a lot to tap through. I wonder if Badlands is the same company that made Badlands the game. I'm going to say no. Based on my professional opinion. Uh, Badlands. Oh, Badlands Publishing. Badland, oh, it's Badland Publishing, not Badlands. Okay, because there is uh, a game called bad lands i believe that, we played it mm, we did not play it oh we played crash lands what was from we played uh, yeah, we played, shenanigans? yeah we played crash lands okay. but there's a game called bad land actually that is not from bad land studio it's from frog mind and the gameplay actually looks quite similar in that you are a, uh, you know, like a silhouetted shadow figure mm-hmm. moving across very colorful backgrounds. Oh, okay. All right. Well, maybe maybe they've got a, a niche or a niche, Ni- as Americans like to say, of platforms involving color. No, but this company is not related. Oh, purely coincidental. Purely coincidental, but they Small share world. the same name. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, Hugh. tell me about tell me about Hugh. Hugh, a color adventure, was originally released on consoles. I think around 2016. It has more recently come to the PlayStation Vita and the Nintendo Switch, um, and as of April this year, now on Android and iOS. So it has some precedent. Four mm. years of people enjoying this game. So there was some excitement about it coming to the mobile platforms. Um which quickly dissipated once you use the touch controls. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but yep. before we get to that, I will try and explain the game. It is a platformer with the added kind of puzzle twist in that you can set the background color. And by setting the background color to, say, blue, that'll expose doors or crates or other objects that are, I don't know, say purple. And then if you flip them, if you flip the background then to purple, those disappear and then blue objects will appear. So it's kind of a nice touch in that it adds like an extra dimension to the platforms or to the, to, to the, uh, to the levels where you can hide and reveal certain objects to, uh, to allow you to progress through the level. Was that a good description? It's yeah. intuitive when you play it, but again, hard to describe with words. I feel like we played something very similar where you unlock things by enabling a special view, right? Oh, are to, we going to, to say something involving a octopus, a cactopus? Right. It's kind of in that manner where, you know, it, the perspective... What was the game we are talking about? Attack Away, for, uh, yeah, for listeners who have not... Away. Have a, yeah, attack take away. away, yes. Uh, where in that game you could kind of do like a screen wipe to sort of change the isometric perspective to hide or reveal mm-hmm. um, elements of the level. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, so I guess it has a similar vibe to that. Even like Monument Valley, I would say, right? Where mm. how you're looking at the map determines the path that's available for you to go to, right? 
Yeah. And rather than it being sort of a, a 3D map, this these maps in Hue is all color based. So have you ever had those Transformer or G.I. Joe toys back in the day? Continue. Where in the back <laughs> of the box it gave you uh like power stats. Right? It gave you like the transformer power stats and like this graph that had like red lines over it. Right. And so you weren't able to actually see the power stats of your transformer. But what came in the box was uh, a red film, like a red gel. Uh, oh, that you, yes. That you put over the graph and it would remove all the red lines because the red gel, if you look through the red gel. Oh, my God. Yes. And then you'd see the purple lines behind it. Right. Very clearly. What was the purpose of this? To show you stats or something? Yeah, to show you the Transformers' secret stats, right? There's, like, strength, speed, power, and that kind of stuff, yeah. Wow, I have, this is, like, such a, like, I have a very hazy memory of this. But, but I this, do remember this, yeah. Yeah, this, the gameplay is exactly like this, where, you know, you would be as obstructed by a blue block that's in your way. And <laughs> That's a good game studio name, blue block. <laughs> enabling you to change the entire world to be seen through blue then removes this block but changes like it changes the background color to block uh to blue which allows you to pass through it so it's kind of like that concept um and later on you get through unlocking different colors and you can choose different colors which then do very interesting things down the line yep it's a platformer with colors there it is (laughs) (laughs) sam how'd you get on with Hue colon a color adventure. So I was excited initially because this game is actually made by Curve Digital Curve. Oh, they are. That's the seen. third that's, logo. That the is intro. one of the one of the many logos that that appears. Um, and Curve has made one of my favorite games called Human Fall Flat. Human Fall Flat. Human Fall Flat is like a physics-based ragdoll co-op game. Uh, that's very funny and very fun to play amongst friends. Uh, and so I was really excited to, to give this a try because like, you know, they do have a pretty good PC game presence. And, you know, when I saw the screenshots of this game, I was very excited. It's like, oh, it's like a platform puzzle solver, but you use colors as like your, your powers in order to get through like different levels. Right. So that was really cool. Um, but when I started playing it, I just don't think this is one of those games that, works well with an online d-pad or like the online d-pad that they decided to use is pretty bad yeah that's true i was similar to you like when i started the game it was suddenly a lot more what's the word i'm looking for atmospheric than i was expecting i was kind of from the screenshots i was expecting just a kind of a straightforward platformer but suddenly you get like this great unexpected sort of somber piano music there's like lovely textures and a little bit of a story and you're walking around i'm like oh oh wow this seems like more of a atmospheric polished game than i was expecting but as soon as it comes to having to climb up a ladder or walk through a door oh boy that's when problems arise even when I had my finger away from the D-pad and I went to, you know, control the person again, it would, it would normally, I feel like 
other games are pretty good about, okay, this is where your thumb is now. Let's let's have this be the starting point of where your thumb is. And then any direction that you move from this thumb point that you've just started, that will then move you to that direction, right? So it's kind of like if you take your yeah. thumb off, you, the location of your thumb pad sort of resets the next time you put it down. But for this game, for some reason, it wouldn't do that properly. And it would just make me shift in ways that I wasn't expecting. And it'd be very annoying because it would do this every time. And in some of the levels, you get to a point where there are spikes and these spikes kill you instantly. And um, you, just like real life. Just like real life. <laughs> and, you know, like you make a slight shift because you just placed your thumb back down. I don't have a fat thumb. And you would <laughs> die instantly. Uh, it'd just be very aggravating. It was. There was no, I mean, it made you appreciate just how difficult it is to make a platformer feel good. Right. Because this, I'm afraid to say, did not feel good. Like, it felt like your character, Hugh, kind of had no weight. There was, it was very... Floaty. Yeah, sort of un, ungrounded. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was almost worth trying this game just to see, just to appreciate the difficulty in, like, how to actually make a platformer feel good or bad and like the amount of work that goes into it, you know? Right. And like this game has been around, you know, since I would like since 2016, I would really want to try it on a console. Maybe that, maybe they nailed it on console, but yeah, the, for a touchscreen, sadly lacking. Yeah. I think if I played this on the switch, I probably would have enjoyed it. Uh, because yes. I do feel like I don't mind the floatiness of it. I mean, some, some platformers just have different types of physics that adds mm-hmm. to its nature. But unfortunately, that wasn't really the only thing that annoyed me about this game, Edwin. Tell me more. <laughs> should we get to the 3x3s three or should, we, should, I, should I talk? Yeah, about? let's go to the 3x3s. Three, three things good and three things that displease. Let's start with the good. Um, I think I do like the prospect of this being a color-based Adventure. Adventure, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you don't see this often, but I, I like the, the initial puzzles that I went through where, you know, you solve it by changing the colors of the background. I can see this being an interesting storytelling device where, you know, uh, maybe you need to do something in the future where like, oh, you need to introduce like more red and then red is associated to like a sentiment or something like that so i can see this going on to like kind of emotional places in the story um so i like that aspect and i thought that was really nice yeah as previously mentioned i was impressed with kind of the the atmospherics and the feeling of the 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 general mood of the game was a lot more um i don't know pleasing a lot more thought out than i expected music was great and unexpected as well, like it was a sort of a slightly somber piano thing going on, which I mm-hmm. kind of dug. I mean, you get some kind of voiceovers about the nature of color and existence, which yeah, is fine, adds, adds to the atmosphere, I guess. And yeah. you're kind of following this shadowy figure. Kind of also reminded me a little bit of Monument Valley. Um, so yeah, it certainly felt a lot deeper than I was expecting mm. than just sort of like a simple puzzle platformer. I like the I like I really like the fact that there's a bit of story, right? It immediately got me intrigued of okay, who is this character? What's happening? You know, is this world like one of those worlds where you have to start discovering 
things about the world and then like it certainly like presents itself so i like the prospect of that and you're like this this agent of change uh in this world that's devoid of maybe colors and emotions right like i just Mm kind of found that interesting yeah um so if you like that aspect of games feel free to check this out yeah i also like that it's there's a nice progression you kind of discover more colors so you start and it's just a straightforward platformer albeit in gray and black. And mm. then, oh, you find a little uh, blue pellet and you suddenly get a little blue a blue block on your color wheel and then you find the purple one. So it's kind of nice that you also get this sort of feeling of progression, not just through the number of levels, but also discovering new colors to add vibrancy to the world. <laughs> uh, my last good point is that this had a pretty intensive demo mode. Um, mm, so you don't right. really have to purchase it. So I'd say like the first huge section of the game is completely huge. free oh boy nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely free for you to try um yep. and i certainly appreciated it because i think if i had bought this game with the pros- on the app store right now right if i bought this game with what i imagined the the actual potential of this game would be which to me, sounds very intriguing. It sounds like my cup of tea, but having discovered what the control scheme is actually like, I think I would have been a little disappointed. So I'm very thankful that I got to try the demo of it um, because I might actually now buy it on another platform just to be sure. My last good point. So there's a system where, you know, as, as you... <clears throat> how am I going to say this? As you mentioned, Sam, like there's some spikes or uh, large rocks that rain down from above that can kill you instantly. Um, but there's no sort of life counter or anything like that. You just get whoop back to the start of that, that level, which I kind of liked mm. a little slow, a little kind of a long fade out. It is long a little fade in few just to replay the level. Um, but I kind of like, there was no like counting extra lives or any sort of pressure to, um, to complete this in a certain amount of attempts. Mm. Yeah, I did appreciate that. I did also notice that the reload that it takes for you to start that portion. Is, yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's almost just a touch too long where it's annoying, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I do think that's by design because it is showing, um, it is showing fault right like you need to you need to have a sense of fault and okay i'm not going to do that again and i'm going to do my best to try this next mm, one right because there's no lives right you do need some kind of some penalty yeah, yeah. exactly um, <laughs> and being being mildly annoyed is your consequence exactly <laughs> but it's just a touch too long <laughs> yeah um on to the bad points edwin so we've talked about the uh the touch touch the touch controls. I think that's the primary one for me. I think I could have got past it if it was just a pure platform puzzler, but there are a couple of levels where, you know, you, you flip the background and that sort of opens a, a trap door and rocks are suddenly falling down after you. So there's urgency and timing is important mm. to your movements. And those levels are incredibly frustrating on the, on the touch pads. Yeah. On these sort of touch screens. I think, if it was just a pure puzzle, you know, oh, how do I jump from here to here or how do I arrange these colors? 
I could have got past it, but because it has this, you know, time sensitive nature to some of these levels where you have to get out of the way of these balding boulders. Yes. The old Indiana Jones level. Um, that became very frustrating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing for me as well. It's like the D pad controls. If they were pretty good about it or I don't know, like allowed you to modify it a little bit. Uh, I think I could I could actually work with it, but I did not see any of those options in the options yeah. menu. Yeah. And, you know, entering doors or especially climbing or descending ladders was very frustrating. Like in this one level with the, um, with the Indiana Jones boulder, mm. there are ladders. Basically, you need to kind of run ahead of the boulder all the way down where you can then hide the boulder passes and then you climb your way back up. And just little things like, if you touch a ladder, you suddenly grab onto it. Instantly. So, <laughs> right. So you're trying to run down this... Uh, this little space in between your, like your platform right. and the ladder. Yeah. And then you, the, the whole point is for you to go down quickly. And then <laughs> right. you just like, like get cling onto the ladder. It's like, nope. <laughs> don't do that. I just felt like that wasn't... like Maybe that was a deliberate part of the level. Like, don't touch the ladders. I don't know. But I feel like... Feel like it. Well, yeah, I feel like it would have been a lot easier with a control pad, for sure. Maybe you want to try on the iPad with a PS4 controller. Oh, you can try it with the iPad with a PS4 controller. That is true. I do have all of those things. Oh, but this isn't an Apple Arcade game. I'm not sure if it'll have the capabilities for you to actually sync up a controller. Yeah, it's unclear how that works, isn't it? I'm not yeah. sure. I think, okay. yeah, I think there are more libraries that are set to um, Apple Arcade games, from what, I, from what it seemed. Um, my second bad point, I don't know if this happened with you, but for me, my save got messed up a couple of times, mm, actually just, the, just one time. So I but made this progress of, uh, going through like the early exposition and attempting to go through some of the map. And then when I opened it up the second night, all my progress had been lost. Oh dear. I found that a little bit annoying. <laughs> you would yep yeah. understandable um yeah my third should i go to my third bad point yeah okay third my last bad point is the the text presentation i don't know if you found this annoying edwin but the way that whenever you talk to someone rather than it just appearing like a normal game where text appears normally Imagine, if you will, someone who got really too eager with the PowerPoint presentation. And <laughs> all you want to do is you want to look at the next slide. But this person just realized that there are slide transitions. And put in the most complicated and extra slide transition you can find for each slide as you go through this presentation. This is how I felt about the text <laughs> appearing in the text bubbles each character does a little animation before it's formed into the word as it comes up on the screen <laughs> and i found this very annoying for some reason <laughs> oh it wasn't like quick too like i just wanted it i just wanted all the text to appear like immediately so either i can just read yeah. it and not have to listen to the audio and just proceed forward. It was just <laughs> aggravating. Yeah, it seemed like there was a disconnect between 
Like, there didn't seem continuity between the presentation and the delivery of the sort of narration, mm-hmm. which kind of is, uh, gives you like a little text box over the whole screen. Uh, and then the characters talking that has felt disconnected in terms of tone and delivery and right. also presentation. Yeah, I think it yeah. needs some art direction in regards to the UI. Ah, yes. Sam, what is your final seven-day rating? Final seven-day rating is three days, Edwin. So mm. first day, played it a little bit. Second day, save didn't work out. Got very annoyed, but still made a bit of progress. Third day, realized what the, deca- what the control <laughs> pad was like. It got to, I, I'd say like got to, you know, I probably played about a total of 10 to 15 minutes or so or 20 minutes on that session. Had mm-hmm. a good time, but ultimately the D-pad, I was like, nope, this is not for me. D-pad. Mm-hmm. D-pad there. is no good. Yeah, same. I am also going to give it a three. I think there is a potential there. Like I really like the concept. Perhaps on Switch or PS4, you know, it's going to... The control schemes and the control issues are less of a hurdle right uh but for but for iphone play tricky to recommend Mm. yeah i think they could do a lot more with clearing it up clearing up the controls for an iphone because there's a lot of space space for us to play with like even selecting the colors doesn't seem like it's a good option because the area that you're actually controlling it seems to be such a small area compared to the wheel that's being shown where Actually, in the game, even right. when you're selecting the color, time kind of freezes or time slows down as you're selecting the color. So just yeah. have the option to like tap that color wheel so it brings it up, and then you can actually use that space to touch the color that you want to select. Right. Um, yeah, yeah the color like, wheel is tiny. <laughs> exactly. Tiny wheel, but you can tap almost anywhere on screen to trigger it. Mm. Yes. Right. So yes, unfortunately, I will not be continuing this color adventure. I will not. Uh, I'm going to be sending Hugh Grant an email saying that his game sucks. Oh, poor Hugh. <laughs> no, it does not suck. Um, I think I would have appreciated this game a lot more if I actually had uh, a controller or something like that. But yep. saying that, like, I don't know if I'll actually pick it up for the Switch or you know my console or something like that because there are games to be played there that... <laughs> So what's you know, played? Right. So I feel like the opportunity for Hugh to be on the iPhone is really, really good because, you know, much like a game like Thomas Was Alone, where it originally is a console game, but plays really well on the iPhone. Have we played this before? I don't think we have. I think we played show. it in our previous show. You say that about every game. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't remember, but I don't think I've ever played it. Okay. <laughs> where that actually had like a really good control scheme. Um, and you know, like the fidelity is perfect for the the iPhone. I feel like there's an opportunity here for this game. There is. There's also an opportunity for us to play a new game. Aha! Which falls to you, Sam, to select. Edwin, you know how I told you that I kind of like it when games have like the sense of a board game quality, but it's like a, it's actually like a digital game. Mm, You have mentioned that. Yes. Edwin, <laughs> you have seven days to play. The other side. Uh, it's the underscore other side from Apple Arcade. The tagline is, oh, you're going to love this. Oh, boy. 
four brave players. Hmm. So this to oh, me. Oh, not there's not there's not four of them. It is only it's for for brave players only. <laughs> I see, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. So mm. this reminds me of a board game called Zombicide. I don't know if you've ever played Zombicide. I have not. It's think about like, hmm, like you're going around a city map encountering zombies but you have like an objective that you need to do um it's a board game that allows you to work cooperatively as well so each one of you has like a special ability like you'll like one person will have um can like search the area a lot quicker or like has two turns to like search the area and whenever you search the area you can find weapons like the shotgun or something like that which then allows you to kill the zombies more effectively but then there's always like a continuous on like incoming amount of zombies so in that sense it's kind of like the game pandemic right okay so it's kind of like that Mm -hmm. but it's more like also kind of like dnd adventure right um, Maybe also th- mixed with Crazy Taxi. Have to go do some <laughs> tasks around town. Right. Yeah. Like you have to go and turn on the generator or like get gas for the generator, go to the generator, fill it up with gas, and then e- exit or something like that. Right. Um, so this does remind me of Zombicide. And I think it's actually probably influenced by Zombicide. So yeah, everyone, you have seven days to play. V underscore other side. V underscore other side. It, it's downloading. It's like a uh, chunky game. Chunky. That's a whole lot of board game. That's a lot of board game. Before we go, Edwin, do you have a thing of the week? Belatedly, since we're about halfway through the season, um, I'm very much enjoying season 17 of Top Chef. Mm. Which is on which um, someone has described as the closest thing to sports that we have right now, which is <laughs> kind of an interesting point. Yep, it is season 17. It's the it's an all-star season, so it's people who have not won in the past, but got, I don't know, third or fourth uh, in their season. They are returning um, for more top chefing. Mm. And it is, um, sadly, uh, the highlight of my week. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> second to talking to you, of course, Sam. Are you watching it alongside Dubai Friday? They haven't talked about it much this season, actually. Isn't isn't their Lovely. whole like digga 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 based on Top Chef? Well, the <laughs> well the the origin was they used to have a Top Chef recap show called Top Scallops. Oh, right. <laughs> that's kind of the genesis of the show, and now they've kind of expanded to uh, a a weekly challenge. Um, so they, but they no, they have not really talked about Top Chef. Surprising, sadly, yes. They just get on that. But yes, it is great. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, if you're looking for sports-esque, like, oh, it's just so good. It's just annoyingly good. Like, I know it's reality TV and all the rest of it, but mm-hmm. I have such joy when it comes on. My <laughs> Friday nights, Top Chef night. It's a great <laughs> night. Do you watch it with a drink? Well, you have to. <laughs> Edwin, my thing of the week is something called Games Workshop. Are you familiar with them? I know there was a store in my hometown where people would play tabletop games 
with questionable clothing choices and hygiene choices. <laughs> well, I didn't want to, uh, you know, stereotype, but yes. <laughs> Games Workshop is a British-based, uh, I guess, like role-playing tabletop company. They make stuff like Warhammer, Warhammer 40k, 40,000, um, and you know, Warhammer 401k. <laughs> Plan for the future. <laughs> or the adults that <laughs> right. were once that were once fans. Um, but you know, I'm always trying to think of activities to do with my kids that are semi productive. <laughs> right. Uh, and I thought, hey, maybe we can paint some miniatures. Maybe I can get them into the world of seeing mm. how cool these little figurines are and having having them appreciate like painting them nice um, i suppose they do have those tiny little hands that are very dexterous they are yeah put them to use <laughs> right use those tiny hands while i have them like, they <laughs> grow up awful, awful quick <laughs> so i bought some uh paint brushes i bought some paint kits and i bought some uh, miniatures from games workshop uh and wow. we haven't broken them out yet but i'm you know i love sort of preparing the whole situation um so they -hmm. can get into like things easily so i bought like you have to pave the way right i kind of went overboard you sam i cannot believe this (laughs) (laughs) i bought like the paint kits that's required to paint the the certain army um and i bought like a a, the, the beginning set of like they have like, you know, these introductory sets now that allows you to not only paint them, but also learn about the gameplay and actually play through them as well. So there's like two little armies that it comes with. Um, but yeah, like got them watching like uh, the YouTube videos where Games Workshop actually goes through like, oh, here's how to paint an ultramarine. And it's quite geeky, but at the same time, like very cool because it's actually made for kids these age, right? And tells them like how to paint right. things in like a certain way so they look good. So yeah, I'll I'll keep you informed on how that goes. Right. Hopefully, they, it's, it's a longer lasting project than just you know a weekend. But we'll see. Do we have their initial reactions yet, or is this to be revealed at the weekend? So my son is super excited because it, uh, it deals with like space marines, and space Ooh, marines okay. look really okay. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, this is true. My daughter is not really bought in yet. Yeah, is it's either like space marines or space zombies or space insects. There isn't space fairies that I know of. I think mm. there is like a race where they might be a little prettier, but she's really into things that are pretty and nice looking. <laughs> yeah, understandable. So her not yet, but I think if our excitement bleeds in, then mm. she might get yeah. into it eventually. I bought like five, like a pack of five, like this is maybe like med- medieval soldiers or something like that. I think mm. you remember like a tufted warthog or something. I can't quite remember, mm. but there was, it was more medieval themed, uh, not space themed. Um, yeah. So the regular the Warhammer yeah. is more medieval themed. Right. That's what so they have. Yeah, like that's maybe orcs yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And what some of the paints and didn't really get much further than that. Mm. There you go. Oh, <laughs> but I know exactly where the store is in Brighton, UK. Yeah, they're still ongoing. Um, wow. Yeah, paints are more expensive than ever. <laughs> and that's our show. Sam, you have seven days to play, as do I. Mm. The other side. The other side. The underscore other side. 
Yeah, I wonder what the underscore's doing in there. Damn that intern! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess we just have to go with it now. <laughs> right. Oh, that's part of our branding. Damn it. Damn it, Kyle. You're fired. Follow us on Instagram or Twitter at 7 Days to Play because I post so much content on there, you're going to love it. Uh, you can also listen to us on Spotify at 7 Days to Play. By searching 7 Days to Play. 7 Days to Play. 7 Days to Play.